Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or a friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. We're back for another episode of It Be Your Own People. Let's get into our cocktail of the day. I'm having a nice mezcal espresso martini. And Sally, what you got over there? I'm over here enjoying a full body red for a full body bitch like me. Okay, I see that. And you know what? I am so excited because we have our very first guest of season two. That's right. Tell us who it is. Yes, let us give it up. Round of applause for entrepreneur, founder, and creator of the Black Social app for all the things that you want to do with dating, network, and events in the D.C. area. So we have with us Dupe Babatunde. She's a new friend, but already a long-lasting friend out here doing all the things with Black excellence because we winning, y'all. Baby, we winning. Yes. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I love your energy and I'm very excited to be a part of that. So Dupe, welcome. Welcome. Do you have your cocktail ready? What you drinking? No, I do. I have myself a little vodka spritz. So I'm very excited to have some great chat with you while I'm like loosening myself up with this drink. Oh, she fancy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. (laughs) You know what? We're so glad to have you here. But before we get into your business, because you're doing the business boss lady things, let's get into the game. It's game time. Right now, we will play the pettiest reasons to stop talking to someone while dating. Um, I definitely have a few of those reasons myself. <laughs> um, I don't think we have enough time to go over them in just a short interview. But I stopped talking to this one guy because he was too short. In my defense, though, I'm not being a heightist. I'm not being a heightist, y'all. He put on his dating profile that he is five foot seven. Okay. And I said, okay, you know what? Five foot seven. I'm five foot three. That's cute. We could really get it popping. Why did I get to the date? And I could not see. Mm. Like all I saw was air above this man's head. Oh, boy. But you know what? I actually, I was like, damn, I can't even think of anything. But you're right on the too short. Like, I think I had that bigger problem with height because I'm 5'5". Five, five, so I'm thinking, okay, 5'7 is all right. And then I'm talking to this dude. This was years ago. And then we finally meet. And I was like, oh, my God. Why the fuck you lying? Why? Why you always lying? No, it was a hard no. So from then on, I realized that my cutoff, that's 5'10 right there. You need to be 5'10 and above for me to ride that ride because I just, I could not do it. And I did not know. So, you know, it's like you learn, you learn from it. But I wouldn't say I was petty. I was just like, that's my preference. So, yeah, that's what I keep saying. Okay, so I'm low-key a heightist and I'm 5'3", so I shouldn't be. But, like, I need you to be six feet and above. Now, I've dated shorter than that, but I can't really go shorter than 5'10". And my friends are like, but you're 5'3". Even with heels on on a good day, the tallest you're going to be is 5'7", the tallest. And I'm like, I... It be your own people. I just, I don't know. I can't... It, it be your own people. And I can't come up with the any other reason, but I've been this way since high school. There's something about a tall dude who needs to bend down a little bit 
to kiss me. That's just always been my thing. I'm sorry. It's the one physical attribute that I can't seem to get away from. But, you know, I don't think that's petty. I just think that's my preference. Exactly. No, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But Sally, you got another one, which I at first I was like, hmm, I don't know. But now I might be on your side. What's that next one? Okay, so my friends are constantly getting on me about this one because I, for the longest, had this thing where if you could not out squat me, you can't take me out nowhere. Because I need to know that I am safe. And if you are skipping leg day in the gym, it's a no for me. Because if you can't catch me, you can't have me. Ooh, I like that line. That needs to be on your profile, though. Did you put that on your profile? Yes. Then you got to let them know up front. You know what? I just might. You know, I just be spitting these things all off the dome like like nothing. See, my thing is, I get you. If you're talking about, okay, sexually, you got to lift me up. I get that. But you actually lift professionally, Sally. So saying that someone needs to, like, lift as much as you, I mean, what are we talking about here? So pre-COVID, uh, my squat was 320. Ooh. Okay, girl. That's hi- Okay, that's higher than I thought. That's a lot, Sally. Um, it is a lot, but also I am a lot. And you're going to need to okay. handle all that. That's fair. Okay. All right, you know what? Set your standards, girl. I feel that. But I'm really with you on this next one, though, because I know mm, that is so true. And you don't realize until somebody come at you wrong. You're like, wait a minute, what you say? Sally, tell them about it. Okay, so I know this is probably going to sound super elitist, but in the dating app world, you're talking to people and you're trying to get to know each other. It's a real big pet peeve of mine. If I cannot understand the words that you are trying to type in 2021, with your full QWERTY keyboard, have an ass phone with autocorrect. Or they didn't check what they were writing. And it just kind of. Okay. Right. Like you can't take the mm-hmm. time. Like I know your phone got autocorrect. So wh- what is this? See, I get that. Yes. Grammar is important. Now I'm not saying that you need to spell everything correctly because I have shortcuts too. You know, instead of writing because I will write BC and I know that that's just a me thing or I'll use synonyms like, well, I won't say in real life, but you know, there are the synonyms that people use. But what I will say is that my phone legit hates me. I know what I'm writing and it will change shit. Okay. Because it's like, no, you meant to write this. And I was like, oh no, this is after I hit send. I realized that I was like, what the hell am I saying here? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of on that side of like, well, your phone be, be fucking you up. But then I'm on the side of like, no, you meant to write this way. And it, it makes no sense. Make it make sense. Yeah. Like I get annoyed if people will write the letter U instead of Y-O-U. Yeah. Okay, and here's another thing that I really hate, and I don't think it's a petty thing. I think it's a, you need to have some mother effing respect, Mm. is when you go out and then the man pays for the date. Like for me, I'm like, listen, first date, you you paying for this date. I just- That was going to be mine. If you you try and make me go Dutch on the first date, I'm not calling you. Unless I've I've initiated the fact that I want to pay because I didn't enjoy the date. And I've done that. Yes. That's fine. But if you yes. are sitting here about to start tallying things up, it's an automatic no-go. It's an automatic no-go. Yes. Dupe said, if you make me go Dutch, I'm going to go ditch. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's not because I expect you to do that every single date. Like, there is going to be a point where I start. Pay- no, but the first, the first date. date, for sure. I agree. 
Yeah, like we got to be courted mm-hmm. out here. We're not doing this little oh, half on a no, no, no. We ain't half on no baby. We ain't half on this. Yeah. So no. But my thing is when they pay, they're like, oh, well, we definitely smash her, right? Excuse me? Say what now? No, it is not a tip for tat. It's mm-hmm. not I paid for dinner. So now there will be the sex. Like that's not a thing. And like legit, this is how some men think. Yeah, it's not a tip for tit. Like, I'm sorry, but this little dinner that you paid for, these drinks that you gave me, this was cute and all. But honey, to get on this, that's a much bigger investment than yeah. what you think this one meal was about. It's not like you took me, it's not like you flew me out to Dubai to Sandro Pay on your private jet with all the things and all, you know, the expensive stuff. Then I may have to think about it. But if we just meeting out downtown in Union Square for a little happy hour drink, and really because it's a happy hour, the drinks was half off, so you didn't even get me top shelf. Um, no, no. Yeah, and I know I have a friend who recently had a date and was like, dude came and ate, like he ate beforehand, but like you didn't tell her that you were eating. So clearly she gets there, she's hungry, she's going to eat with her drink, and he had one drink. So now the bill comes and he's like, expect her to pay. But that's because he was being cheap. That had that's he got one drink cheap. and she got food and she got two drinks. But that's not the point. The point was, is that you did not tell her you were eating prior. That's number yeah. one. And number two is like, why should she drink on an empty stomach? Because then things might happen that she may not want to happen, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But why wouldn't you just pay for it? Like he legit wanted her to pay for it because he had one. But drink. what I learned is men or when that happens, it's because he doesn't have the money. And then you shouldn't have chosen a first date that was around food. Because there's so many things you could have done that could have been a great first date that don't have to be a about food you can take a Mm -hmm. walk you can take me to a museum there's so many other things that that. you can do where we can still get to know each other and we've tried to put those tips on like blacks our black social instagram of like do something that's fun and and that gets you out it doesn't always have to be around spending money and i think that's a huge misnomer for like a lot of people that that's that's the way to wow somebody or to get a girl like i don't need you to take me to some fancy restaurant on my first date. I don't need that in my life. Exactly. Especially when you can do that on your own. All the reasons why we would not date someone, but you have started an app. And before we get into that, first and foremost, where can the people find you, Dupe? Yes. So my personal Instagram handle is HeyDupe. So it's H-E-Y-D-U-P-E. And then the Black Social one is Black Social App. APP um, on Instagram and we're, we're growing. So I'm very excited. Come join both. I'm trying to be better about posting on my personal page. It's a lot for me to post, but I always have a good time in my stories. So uh, definitely come check them out. Yeah. And her stories are very fun to watch. (laughs) And I think this was the perfect game for us to play because it was the perfect segue into understanding what exactly is black social app. So can you share with us the movement behind it? What inspired you to do it um, and what we can expect to find from it? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the real here. Um, It was an app that I wanted to create purely because at the time I was a consultant. So I worked at Deloitte and I was traveling a lot and dating is really hard. 
I found it really hard for me when I was on the road. And so I wanted to create an app that that made it easy to meet Black people or people of color um, wherever you were, whether you were traveling to a different city or you were at home and you needed to find something to do. So I really thought of like three things that were important to me, dating, um, networking, which is really the ability for you if you have an idea or a concept and you want to find somebody with those skills, you can go onto the app and find them. Or if you're in your city or visiting another city, be able to find Black businesses or events that might be of interest to you. Um, and so I think what inspired me truly is, is what we create in our culture is, is just amazing. The creativity, the ability to just take things so much further and to design new concepts. And I just wanted a space where we could easily connect that. You could easily find that and do what you do on a higher level. Um, And I think the biggest thing that I had found or struggled with as I talked to friends and, and tried to figure out how to build this out was making it as free as possible. So most of what you will see in the app is 100% free. I wanted to give you as many of the features as I could. So yeah, there's certain things like, you know, if you want to get your dating profile boosted a little bit to see it more, there's, you can pay for that. But it really is free and meant for us to be able to create kind of this online network um, that's dedicated, you know, to our community. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what inspired it and, and has me so excited. And I think what you can expect to come is the dating part is fully launched. So if you are single, please go on now. Um, we tried to make the app easy to sign up for, easy to swipe, easy to chat. Um, so go have fun. Make sure you show your personality. The two features that are launching um, by the end of October, early November at the latest are the networking and events. Um, so please be on the lookout at our Instagram page, Black Social App for those. And then on the Instagram, you can really see us talking about a lot of different things. Really right now it's focused on dating. So how you have healthy conversations, um, communication, setting healthy boundaries, knowing that you're ready to date, and also a lot of just self-empowerment, self-motivation. I think, you know, whatever phase of life you're in, whether you're in a relationship, looking for a relationship, or just doing your own thing, it's very important that you are confident in yourself and you're getting that encouragement and love that you need. And so hopefully you enjoy, and we're trying to get better at the reels. Please bear with me because the reels is not my favorite thing all the time but the Instagram algorithm has called for it. So I'm making them as fun as I can and bringing as much personality as I can as we do them. So yeah, I think that's what you can see and what the app is all about. Well, wow. First of all, we love free things. So thank you for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And second of all, I absolutely love this entire concept because, you know, a lot of people of color, you may move to different places and you want to meet people and it may not just be for dating or if it is, you have that option. But there are a lot of great minds that want to work with others who are like them and build in the Black community. So can you let us know when you release the first dating part of the social app? Yes, the first dating part was officially released fully in May. I launched the sign up part in March of 2021. So really just this year, I started building the app back in, I think around September of 2020. Um, And so I have this awesome team that I've been working with And it's been a labor of love. I'm sure they're tired of me half of the time, but I was really intentional in making it easy, fun, and like 
a setup where you actually understand a little bit about the person, right? Because I think we've all been on dating apps where they don't have any requirements around questions or pictures. And so you get that profile and you're like, well, I'm just going to swipe left on this because there's no information. So I was intentional in trying to make it a short sign up process, but make it so that people can see who you are. Like that's the whole point of using dating apps. Like I want to see you. I want to give this a chance. I'm trying to be as intentional as I can with the other features as well. So definitely check it out and send your feedback because I'm all about iterating and making it better and all about the user experience. That is great. And I love the fact that this was yet another business that started in the pandemic because we've had so many Mm -hmm. that we have yet another Black company that started. And about your intentionality, how do you go about wanting to reinvest back into the Black community? What does that mean for you? And how can others follow that journey? A lot of it's going to be on social, of course, but what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, that is such a great question. Such a powerful one. So I went to Cornell and it's a predominantly white school, as you know. And then I worked at Deloitte and I now work at Amazon in predominantly white environments. And one of the things that became super important to me as I started mentoring people at Deloitte was using my voice to invest in our community because it's, not that we're not as talented or as skilled, it's that you have to find us. There's not going to be as many of us at a predominantly white school, but if that's where you're recruiting from and the only places you're recruiting, you're not going to get the equal number of people. And using my voice to switch some of our recruiting efforts and also to then invest in the hires that we do find and set up programs to make sure they're successful and can bring their authentic self was very important. And then I just wanted to do it on a different scale. For me, Black Social is my investment in our community of we have so many Black-owned businesses, restaurants, hair care, clothing shops, so many different things that I could name. And part of the issue becomes that I found, even when I was trying to build this app and find the types of talent that I wanted to work with, was was just finding them, right? You can't easily search Black X, Y, and Z, right? And you know, you've seen that with things like Pinterest of, I need to put in black hairstyles to get what I want or et cetera, et cetera. And so I wanted to create something that really highlighted and made it easy for our community to find as well as others outside of our community to find and be able to access and put on front street. The pandemic was was great in a few ways because I'd have had the idea prior to the pandemic as much as I love my time at Deloitte, amazing company, I was working a lot of hours and I couldn't invest the energy and time to do that. And so the pandemic really helped me slow down. I stopped traveling and I was able to dedicate time to this idea. And it really, it really just crystallized why I wanted to do this. I think also at the same time, issues that are in our community that we're very aware of around racial injustices Um, took another level of forefront and it just reaffirmed why I wanted to do this. And so for me, it was just like, okay, well, I need to do it now. Like I, I have to just stop hesitating and coming up with all the reasons why I can't. And I just have to start putting my energy towards it. I think that's wonderful. And I absolutely definitely resonate with you on the being in a lot of predominantly white spaces, having gone Mm -hmm. to Syracuse and even getting my master's at, you know, SBA and, and being in the creative field, I'm usually the only black 
person, especially, <laughs> you know, black female, most of the yes. time at work. And so a lot of the times when I'll either just like go to my friends to hang out and that's the downtime where I see like POCs or I will, you know, join organizations to volunteer. Yeah. And that was like my way of just like having that outlet to engage with people who are like me and understand things that I'm talking about that others may not. So I think that this app is absolutely literal perfection. Thank you. Okay, y'all, we're going to take a little break from our interview with new friend of the show, Dupe Babatunde, so that we can get into this. What the fuck news? So Jeopardy out here, you know, we've already talked about this a little bit, but they're still looking for a permanent host while trying their hardest not to give the job to LeVar. Make it make sense. For the meantime, Mia and Ken Jennings will host for the remainder of the year because we already know Mike Richards is out because he was full of shit. He wasn't doing the things. But now they are conducting their search with a little less fanfare. They're trying to make it more about the contestants and the knowledge of the show rather than all this hoopla that they've had going on with searching for the host. So let's see how it's really going to pan out. Let's see how it pans out. But to be honest, I really don't care anymore. And I love that LeVar Burton is saying, I don't even want to host anymore. And you know what? If we're not allowed in these spaces, we got to just take a step back. We had to go so hard to get a petition just to get LeVar even to host the first damn time. So if they're not offering him the job, LeVar, you're too good for this. And Jeopardy, I won't be watching anymore. I didn't even know the answers. So I don't give a fuck. And I only watch for Alex Trebek anyway. Yes. And since he has passed, we will move on. The Biden administration is ramping up deportation flights to Haiti. We have even witnessed, yes, in pictures, whippings at the border. Like we are literally going back hundreds of years, whipping people. What? Yeah. um, The Biden administration, for all its touting about diversity and inclusivity and how this is going to be different from the previous administration, I'm not really seeing it. On top of the fact that you're talking about ramping up deportation flights after Haiti just had one of the worst earthquakes ever. So what are you sending these people back to? Tell me. Like, where's the compassion? Where's the humanity that Kamala and Uncle Joe have been talking about out here since their campaign trail? That is the thing that really irks me. We go so hard for these people and talk about, you know, voting rights. And we vote for the people who say they're going to do different and going to have our backs. But the minute they get into office, you give it a year, you give it less than a year. They are right back to doing the same bullshit that we didn't want happening in the first place. There is even audio of Kamala Harris before she was vice president saying that we need to help the people at the borders. And now, just a few days ago, she's saying, do not come. We will not help you. It'd I don't know. People, girl, it'd be your own vice president, lady. Your own damn people. We thought that by having more people of color in office that it was going to help us out. But it's just more of the bullshit ass saying. Now, let's get into this crap with R. Kelly because he is always a mess. Yeah, speaking of bullshit, this R. Kelly trial, girl. So the prosecution has had over 47 witnesses come out here talking about all of the sexual abuse that R. Kelly has done to young girls, the way that he has treated people on staff. Just a couple weeks ago, his own personal assistant was on there talking about all the horrific things that he would make her do. And at first I was just like, okay, so this kind of sounds like very typical industry behavior. 
in terms of what he would have her doing, but then also that she was witnessing possible sexual interactions between R. Kelly and the women that he was around. I'm just not here for it. He done did his stupid bullshit. I'm also very upset that the trial fell just within the anniversary of Aaliyah's passing. So the fact that we ended up having to talk about Aaliyah within the context of this trash human being, I'm not here for it. That is all a hot mess. And I have not been keeping up with it, but I will. The whole point is give the man the maximum amount of time in jail. He does not need to see the light of day again. Not as a free man. No, sir. Okay, it's time for... We out here with it, baby. So the girl who's always on time... Our girl, singer Ashanti, who has sold over 27 million, yes, that's right, M's, million records worldwide and has been around for at least two decades now, is finally getting her flowers and her crowns by getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes, let's give it up with all the claps and snaps for Miss Ashanti. I'm really proud of her because we definitely need to see there can never be enough black people on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, in my opinion. So the fact that we are starting to get more POCs getting their names on the little gold stars in the walk in Hollywood and doing all the things, loving it. So you put respect on her name. And speaking of respect, Rolling Stone names Aretha's respect the greatest song of all time. And I absolutely agree. Yes, love this for her, love this for the legacy, and it's just a nice reminder that we all need a little bit of respect in our lifetime, and so many artists have redone this song over the years, but this song was originally a cover of Otis Redding's hit from two years prior to the 1967 rendition. So, okay, girl, look at you doing the things and doing it all good. I didn't even know that. As far as I'm concerned, Aretha Franklin's Respect is the only version I know, and that is what I'm going to go as the original. So, girl, yes, greatest song of all time. I'm here for it. And now let's get into some regular, regular news. Girl, Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. Oh, boy. Uh, What can I say? So a man called 911 recently because he was trying to be a good Samaritan and was witnessing two people trying to steal a car outside his job. And, you know, girl, no good deed goes unpunished. The man got shot. But that's not the worst part. What? The worst part is he calls 911. And guess what 911 told him? They told him, please hold. And not once, but multiple times. Like he kept getting hung up on and then he kept calling. They kept saying, please hold. So I don't know what the hell is going on in Atlanta, but I mean, if I'm calling 911 because I got shot, please hold is the last shit I'm trying to hear. Stop it. I'm telling you, the worst shit be happening when you need like the police or Mm -hmm. whomever, when you need help. You can never get it, especially at a time like, how are you going to tell me? Hey, I'm shot. Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me finish my lunch right here and I'll get back to you. What kind of bull crap is this? But they'll be there quickity quick, quick when you talking too loud on your phone in your neighborhood or when someone feels threatened. But OK, uh, so do you know what happened to the man? Because I want to know. I mean, I hope the ambulance came, but all I know is that he kept calling and they kept telling him, please hold. 
Well, hopefully he's alive, but we will let you know. We're going to follow up on this story because I hope that man is alive. But what is going on with Karen's protesting at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? So poor Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, after this first anti-masker incident that the man came and uh, threatened to shoot everybody with the guns because he didn't have uh, a mask on back in February, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is now back in the news because a one miss Mary Henderson, a.k.a. Karen of Moreno Valley, California, really tried to bully her way into a Roscoe's in Anaheim without a mask on and then starts to go on this super racist rant against the manager who was black, a black woman. But the black lady manager, she was not having it. She tried to escort the lady outside of the restaurant. All the audio and the videos that have been swarming on Twitter and Instagram and all the social media just show this woman saying a mandate is not a law. A mandate is not a law. I have a medical exemption. I go, okay. well, we're in the middle of a pandemic and y'all medical exemption having ass idiots are the reason why this Delta variant keeps fucking taking over. But, you know, don't forget, leave it to a Karen to always have a protest about something, because apparently on September 25th, they are going to have a Roscoe wide protest where Miss Mary Henderson and all her Karen ass friends will be going to all these different Roscoe locations all around the California area to organize and protest the mask mandates. See, what I don't understand is. Along with the mask and having to have a vaccine, I'm not understanding why if you don't have a vaccination, if you don't want to wear a mask, that is fine. But don't don't go go to these places that demand that you must have it in order to come in their establishment. It's very clear and simple. No one's forcing you to have the mask, but you can't come into my restaurant. You can't come into my my business. No one's forcing you to have damn vaccine, but don't go to those places where you know you need to have it. Like you can go and live your free life on out there. Don't eat fucking chicken and waffles. It's the same thing that happened the other day in New York City where a worker was actually attacked because she asked a customer for their vaccination status. You have to in order to enter the Carmine's restaurant. Now, I believe that the people who she was asking were black and the worker was white and a whole scuffle went down and now police are involved and this is an ongoing situation. There might also be some racism up in there, but at the end of the day, if they ask you to have your vaccination or your mask, do that. If you don't want to have it or wear it, do not go to these establishments. It's plain and simple. Yeah, and apparently there are a whole slew of restaurants in New York City that are taking a stand against the mask mandate. So you can go eat there. That part. Ooh, I can't wait for all these. Check this out. So in this Good Watches, we are gearing up to see on Netflix the season four and final season of Dear White People. I love my girl Logan Browning who is the main character. And apparently this last season is going to be a 90s musical event. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm here for it. Uh, We'll see what's in store for the Black seniors at Winchester University as their college days come to an end in this Netflix hit. Although let's be real, in real life, their college days came to an end a real long motherfucking time ago. Long time ago, because all of these actors who are playing, you know, 21, 22 year olds, we know y'all pushing 40. Now, black don't crack, but come on now, you're pushing it. Yeah. Speaking of nostalgia and whatnot, 
Wonder Years is coming back. So for all of you who remember this nostalgic look back at the late 60s, early 70s, middle and high school years of Kevin Arnold gets reimagined. So we remember Fred Savage doing the voiceovers, talking about his life. But what I am here for is that this reboot is doing it with a black family. Yes. So the show revisits the same era, but it does so from the perspective of Dean Williams, a black teen growing up in Montgomery, Alabama. And his adult narrator is going to be handled by none other than Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, I love him. I can't wait to see this. This is basically reminding me of Everybody Hates Chris. I just love to see shows take on this different take of, you know, narrating and putting on a good family show from a black perspective, because don't nobody know how black people live until you actually witness and see some of that in a sitcom. And I love Don Cheadle's voice. I think it's so smooth and silky. It's going to be a perfect TV show to watch late on Wednesday night. That's because he's very seasoned or um, as Kevin Hart would say, damn, you old. That was messed up. It's messed up, but um, I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, gifts and pieces to use. And now we're going to see our girl Ashanti is really doing the damn thing. You know, we haven't really seen her much in the past couple of years, but she is doing it. She's dusting off her acting skills, and she will also be executive producing and starring in a rom-com called The Plus One. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, this sounds cute. You know, I'm always here for a good rom-com, especially if it's featuring Black people and all the POCs. Yeah, so they are gearing up to start filming that show later on this year in Florida. Now, well, girl, watch out, girl. Exactly. <laughs> Florida's crazy, but uh, make sure you are ready for this acting role. Okay? And speaking of acting, Our Kind of People has premiered this week starring Yaya DaCosta, Morris Chestnut, all the five black people is on the screen, and ladies and gentlemen, and, all, and everyone in between... We here for it. Yes, it's good. It's giving you a black family with money. It's giving you black families who didn't have money and they're going to come up the chain the right way or the wrong way. It's giving you a separate families or, you know, you ain't no daddy had a separate family across town somewhere. You trying to reprive your mama who died. You trying to find out what happened. It's a lot. It's a lot. And that but was only best, episode one. That was only episode one. But the best part is Joe Morton. You know, he's my favorite. He is the daddy from Scandal. And guess what? He is that same daddy in this show. And I love it. I love all parts of it. I love me a good Joe Morton monologue because he's going to give you just the goosebumps. And it's, oh, oh, the tingling. I like to call him Olivia Pope daddy because that's who he is. Yes, but if the show continues on and hopefully it gets more than one season, he will be maybe Yaya DaCosta daddy. Ooh, girl. You have to check it out to know what we're talking about. Colin Kaepernick and how he gets his own Netflix series about his life. So I'm interested in seeing that is going to be called Colin Black and White. And it's a limited series about the life of quarterback Colin Kaepernick. It will be premiering on October 20th. Yes, I'm excited about this. So it's a limited series. It's only six episodes, but it is created and produced by Ava DuVernay, queen of all the things. And Kaepernick is also an EP and will be part of the creative team as well. 
But this story is pretty much centered about his coming of age, his pre-NFL youth days, where he's tackling the obstacles of race, class, and culture as the Black adopted child of a white family. So already off top, so many important conversations that will be had just from watching this show. You know Ava's on it, so it's not about to be some basic regular degular ass mess. So the complete opposite of a TP production. So I'm here. I'm here for the things and all the watches. Yes, and we get to see how all of those experiences in his life has helped shape him to make who he is today. The civil rights activist who protested against police brutality on and off the football field. And he will also be portraying himself in his current years. But we will also see an actor playing him as a youth. So this looks good. It kind of reminds me of, well, in a more serious way, you know that rock... Rock Dwayne Johnson. He yes. all about his life and you see him in the different stages of life. It kind of reminds me of that, except that's a family show. And like, this is about some real shit. So yeah, I- he's really getting into the it sounds like he's going to be getting into the real nitty gritty of everything that he went through while he was still playing in the NFL as well. Yes. So I would love to see that because I actually don't know much about his life before football. And we just have so many good shows, so many good things to see. So I'm like, okay, fall 2021, giving us some good things. Now, this is a new section we like to call Sully. Girl, you better sound off. Get into it, girl. Yes. So on our show, we do cover a pretty wide range of topics, but we've also have been looking at some very specific criminal justice issues because it really be your own government out here trying to stop you from doing the things and living your life. Because of my area of research, we decided to bring y'all this short segment on us sounding off on the criminal justice system. And for this segment, we are going to be talking about Roe v. Wade. Because listen, y'all, all these states, these conservative Republican ass legislation out here really trying to ruin the decision making power of women. And we are not here for it. We're done with it. Texas really messed it up last episode. We talked about how their recent abortion regulations have scaled all the way back, basically to us living in the handmaid's tale. But now Mississippi is coming out the woodwork, really trying to make this an all out federal thing. So within the coming months, starting December 1st, the Supreme Court will hear arguments in a case concerning Mississippi's 15 week abortion ban. The case Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health concerns Mississippi's abortion ban and the broader question of whether abortions before a fetus is viable are constitutional, which, according to Roe v. Wade, stipulates that they are. Now, Mississippi has expressly asked the court to overturn Roe v. Wade, claiming in the court filing that the ruling is egregiously wrong. The only thing egregiously wrong about this is the fact that we need to still have conversations about the government being able to make decisions over women's body. A government that is overwhelmingly white, a government that is overwhelmingly male. So you really have no clue as to what goes on in a woman's reproductive system. And we cannot ignore the severe criminal justice implications that Roe v. Wade will have amongst a myriad of social institutions. Because here's my problem. Y'all pro-lifers, 
are so quick to talk about, oh, well, you know, we can't really say who the baby is going to born into. Everyone has a chance to life. Everyone deserves a chance to live. Okay, great. You best be keeping that same energy when it comes to social welfare programs. You best be keeping that same energy when it comes to making sure that children have quality and equitable access to education everywhere. I'm so sick and tired of all of the anti-homeless infrastructure that we're seeing among all of these major cities specifically New York City, because Tree, I don't know if you saw, New York is out here trying to take away the benches from subway systems because of the fact that they don't want all the homeless people sleeping on the bench. I mean, honestly, the benches are not that comfortable. And newsflash, a homeless person will literally sleep anywhere. So you're not doing anything for anyone there. But don't claim to be a pro-life society. If from the time the fetus is born to the time you die, you don't care unless that person is going into the military. Like, I'm so sick and tired of this. I'm over it. If we were to ban Roe v. Wade, we're also going to see probably what we've seen throughout other aspects of the criminal justice system is how this will disproportionately affect communities of color. So stop trying it. Stop trying us and let us live. Girl, everything that you say, because you done ripped them edges off. So thank you for that sound off, Sally. Let's get into this reality roundup. So we were so happy to see on the season eight premiere of The Real that Jeannie announced her and new husband Jeezy are pregnant. I am so excited for them. Their pregnancy announcement was super cute. They look so ridiculously happy. It's honestly infectious just looking at the photos. This is a perfect example of just because you're with someone for a long time does not mean that that's the person that you are going to end up with. As we all know, Jeannie was married for 10 years and she always said she never wanted children. Now, her husband did want children, but she let him know she never did. Anyways, they got divorced. He moved on and had kids with someone else. Not just someone else, but a mutual friend of theirs. That's another story for another day. And Jeannie found love in Jeezy. And she said, you know what? I want to not just apologize to y'all for saying never say never, but she just wanted to remind herself to say never say never. Because she never thought she wanted to bring a child into this world until she met Jeezy. And she said it was a different type of love that she never felt before. And that's when she realized she wanted to be a mother. And you know what? All of her, well, non-fans or the people that are commenting and saying, oh, my God, but she divorced her ex for this very reason. Listen, if you find love again and that's the true love that you want to bring a child into this world, then do that. There are so many people who are quick to have children with people that five days later they can't stand. So if she spent almost a lifetime with this person and realized that wasn't for her, then let her do her life. Exactly. And I'm so happy for her. And, you know, this also gives me hope that, like you said, just because you were with that person for a long time doesn't mean it was a good time. So now she's living her best life and we are so happy for them both. Yeah, so we can't wait to see. She's five months pregnant, so I guess that baby's coming at some point next year. That will be something we'll be keeping up on. And now onto this unfortunate situation with Wendy Williams. So her show was supposed to premiere this week. You know that is September is premiere month for all of the daytime talk shows, for all of the sitcoms, all of that. So her show got pushed back by two weeks because they say Wendy caught a breakout case of COVID. 
Now, a few days later, TMZ dropped that she actually had checked in to a psychiatric hospital for an evaluation. Apparently, she has been drinking too much and kind of got back into the drugs because this is what the blogs are saying. She saw her ex-husband, Kevin, having a good time and enjoying his birthday with his girlfriend, who he left Wendy for and had a child with. And he's living his happy life. And that probably set her off. I mean, I could see how that would not make her feel good. But anyway, she took to the drinking and the drugs. And right now she is in psychiatric care. And so the show, The Wendy Williams Show, has pushed their premiere back an additional two weeks. Even though we hope she can come back next month and start the show, I would much rather her mental health actually be okay. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but please do not let this trash can of a human continue to be a negative presence in your life because now you're still allowing him to A, fuck up your bag, even though the important thing here is your mental health. But now he's messing up your premiere dates, he's messing with your mental, he's messing with your safe space. Do not allow men who have treated you wrong to continue to mess with your flow once they are no longer there. This person did not give a fuck about you then, clearly. He don't give a fuck about you now. So you really do not need to give a fuck about him. I feel you on that. And you know what? It's not like he's doing anything to her. I mean, he already done cheated on her, but now that they're divorced, he's free to live his life. But my thing is, where is the karma in this shit? You know what I'm mm. saying? Like he is using the money that he got from Wendy because basically he was her manager. But what was he really doing? Like she was making money for him. Do you know what I'm saying? So he's out here with his new baby, his new girl. And he even moved to Florida. That is where all of her family lives. Like she has no more family in New York, New Jersey. Her son is there, her dad, her sister, niece. They all live in Florida. And the fact that he moved there, I just feel bad for her. And we hope she gets better. But now on to some other messy stuff. What's going on in Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? Because I have not been paying attention. So, you know, I only have been tuning in so that I can see the toxic mess that's going on with Erica and Safari. It's gotten even worse. Erica is now on the airwaves talking about how she found out maybe less than a year into their marriage that he hadn't back cheated on her. That's what she's saying. Safari obviously has been denying it all along. Erica filed for divorce. Then Safari files for a counter divorce. Now, while she's still pregnant, he's trying to get an expedited court hearing. He got a real shark of an attorney. And I'm just like, sir, your wife is pregnant and has been to the hospital twice due to complications that I'm going to say may have been directly related to the stress that you are causing within your marriage. What are we doing here? Like, this is not okay. See, I'm mad. I'm real mad at Mona Scott. Okay. Now, Mona Scott, who is basically the creator and she handles all the love and hip hop franchises. Why do you allow these people to make such an ass out of themselves? Because Mm. we see all of this playing out on the show and we know that they filed the divorce and they've been going hard at each other on social media recently. And we know that everything we're watching has happened earlier in this year. But then now, this is why we got to stay out of grown people's business or relationships that aren't our own. Because just the other day, probably a week or two ago, you see Erica dancing all over her, yes, still husband safari. So I'm like, y'all in a club dancing and grinding all over each other. What was all the nonsense that you've been talking on the blogs all over the place and on doing on the show? All the crap that you're doing on the show is literally just for TV. It's fake. 
Yeah, and That's we're sitting here all concerned for her and her pregnancy, and this and this woman is over here gyrating on this alleged cheetah-ass man. I can't. But that's what I'm saying. It's like w- the lines of reality and like fake reality TV and your actual life are blurred because you're doing all this drama for a check. But then you actually you gave birth early. You know, you had a premature child like you need to worry about your mental and your family more than this damn check, because when are the antics going to be over? Now, I say all of this to then say I'm still going to be watching because I'm nosy. But anyway, let's move on to the nonsense happening over at Love & Hip Hop Miami. So Love & Hip Hop Miami is is serving a little bit more tea. Amara La Negra and her little boo thing, they seem to be doing okay, but they had a little bit of a scuffle last week. Not a scuffle, girl. I mean, it wasn't physical. No one hit anything. I meant more like a bump in the road of their love journey. Like a spat. Like a love spat. Yes, a little love spat. Because her mans really wants her to stay in the Dominican Republic with him and loving on him and all this other stuff. But she wanted to go back to Miami to her house to do some music, to be with her mom. Her dad is also living there. Oh, that's a whole other mess. Her mama and her daddy are now living in the same house for the first time, like, ever in her entire life. And it got real messy her mama molly whopped the hell out of that man i'm sure he deserved it um i mean i'm not condoning i think he i think she went a little bit too far it's getting real heated in the la negra household trina her love man and she's talking about being ready to possibly start having a family and i'm here i would i would love that for her i think that would be really amazing and then also we see sukiana she is banned from ig she has a premiere of something i don't know if it's like a a album or something i forget exactly but she her her grand opening of a store that she's trying to in miami but that's the good cat and you cannot link your OnlyFans to the Instagram because Instagram will shut you the fuck down. And now Bobby Lights was even saying that he did the same thing. And he lost about, what, a million, almost a million followers? He and lost about a million followers. And then what these social media personalities don't realize is not your social media is banned, but guess what? Your social media was also helping you secure a lot of different bags. Because Bobby was saying how if I'm not on social media, I can't get a booking or no one's going to care about my bookings if none of my followers are there to see me at your restaurant or at your club or turning up in any particular location. And I go, mm, yeah, you should have thought about that before you link your accounts. Exactly. You got to follow the guidelines like everybody else. So we are, we're seeing some of that go down. And for the most part, Sukiyana is still happy with her fiance, although we know that currently they are no longer together or following each other. But we're going to move on to all this ridiculous cheating drama with Florence. Was Florence a Luce de Luce? Florence de Luce. Yeah, that whole thing is. It's, I'm like, don't do this to your family. Like you have a husband, you have three kids and you have your sister. And you bring it in your family. I was really happy to see a Haitian woman and her family like, okay, you have a whole unit here and you got your business and you have talent. But now it's turned into just cheating scandals. And then the husband tried to touch the sister and the husband is like a serial cheater. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, this whole situation is 100% confusion. But you know what really pissed me off about her was the fact that in her confessional interview, she then tries to turn it around on the sister saying that the sister is jealous of the fact that I have a marriage and she's never been able to make a relationship work. And I go, listen, Heffa, 
if that's what marriage look like, I don't want it. I don't need it. It's not for me. Um, no, I'm yeah, good. I, I did not like that one bit. And I'm like, your your family is there for you first before this this man that you married into. Like, and I hope that her sister is doing right by her by telling her the truth. But don't do that. You know what? I'm going to give my man a pass and I'm going to be mad at the woman. Don't do that shit. Don't do it. But you know what? They keep it up the drama. I will be tuning in. That's what we got for y'all today. So let's get back into this interview with Dupe. I really want to highlight something that you said, having a space for black businesses, because major companies, especially, I think, undervalue the power of the black dollar mm-hmm. and they don't like to promote or highlight POC or black owned businesses because they'll say, oh, there's no revenue there or there's not a market there. And I'm like, first of all, Rihanna, number one, showed you there is a market for all black everything. Y'all just yes. didn't want to invest in it. Second of all, the reason why there may be an undervalue or not much of a market as these predominantly white companies might say is because they don't create the space for it. When you go up and down the supermarket, you see at least 30 different brands of water. So if you can have 30 different brands of water, you can have 30, 40, 50 brands of things that are culturally competent and mean different things to different people. So if you just show us where the things are, guess what? We are going to go to where the things are. So just give them to us. And the fact that you have provided a platform where we can say, okay, this is where I can go for dating. This is where I can go for networking. This is where I can find an event where I may feel at home. And I did not realize the privilege that I enjoyed growing up in New York City and having such a diverse group of friends until I moved to an area where not only am I one of the few people of color in the community, but now I am the only person of color in my department. And I didn't realize how much I took for granted Mm. being able to step outside of my apartment in Flatbush and not feel self-conscious about the fact that you are the only person of color in the room. Having an app like this where you can say, okay, I want to explore, but it's not that I'm trying to separate myself. It's that I'm actually looking for an inclusive community where there was none to begin with. A hundred percent. And I think one of the statistics that I was just getting my numbers re-familiarized myself with is Black women are the number one starters of of businesses in America. Uh However we have the lowest rate of being able to continue a mature business. And I don't think it's because our business concepts are bad. I don't think it's because we aren't willing to invest in the marketing or the effort, or we do anything different than other races. I do think it's it's a miss on access on getting the same level of support and funding that other cultures do get. And so... I think we're starting to see some large companies try and do better, but we all have to continue to lend our voice. And I think most importantly, what I'm going to say is not stop creating. Like, I think the thing that I looked at this statistic from 2021 is just like, I'm glad nobody's feeling defeated about creating businesses, even if the success rate seems low right now that number will continue to grow and it will continue to get higher as long as we keep moving forward and we continue to figure out how to break down the glass ceiling, the walls and show up for ourselves and allow other cultures to show up for us too as much as we can. 
Yes, everything that you guys just said. And we absolutely love that you are your own business and your own brand. So what has it been like to develop your brand in this industry, especially as we just talked about being a woman and a woman of color? What advice can you give others trying to follow in this step? Because again, never stop creating, right? Yes. Oh my God. Such a powerful question. I'm going to be as frank as possible. And I think Instagram more than anything has shown me this. Step outside of your comfort zone and be as authentically you as you can be. You are going to doubt yourself. And I never want to make it seem like you're going to get to this place where it's going to be 100% perfect. And I know everything I'm doing is right. That's not true. But believe in yourself enough to push through the fear, the anxiety, and the challenges and put together your business plan. And it, and it can look different, right? Like it's not the thing of 20, 30 years ago where you need to write out this kind of long you know, document to get funding and take it to the bank, but have a really concrete idea, have the details down of what you think you need to do and do your best to execute and be willing to be flexible, deal with ambiguity and change your plan, right? I started this thinking I'm never going to have to show my face on Black Social. I can create good content. I can do videos where I'm not needed and and that'll be fine. And my community will grow and I'll invest that time. And Instagram was like, just kidding. Reels are going to become the next big thing. And so for me, it was this huge moment of facing my insecurities around showing up, trusting what I was saying, using my voice authentically, and not being afraid to be silly or to have something feel imperfect and still show you know, that I'm adding value. So I think my biggest advice is you have a story and an idea that is unique to you. And as we were saying earlier, there's 30 or 40 different brands of water and all of them do well. And you'll find different people who support different types of water. And so that is not a reason to not start your business. Black Social is taking different you know, elements that are seen in different places and trying to put it in one place. And the point is to bring your own uniqueness and spin to it, find your market and continue to do the hard work. And the growth is going to take time and it may not feel like the right trajectory all the time. And that's okay. And then also take time for yourself. I took the month of August off. I was tired. I didn't know what to post. I was over trying to do reels at the time. And I feel like I've come back and I'm like, yep, okay, I know what reels I want to do. And I'm sending them to myself and I'm now working on them. And you feel invigorated. And when you can come back and do that and you're still as passionate about your ideas you were before, it's just that you needed time to recoup and that's okay. And we as a people and as a group need to know that it is okay to take rest for ourselves too. Those are kind of all the things that I would continue to tell yourself, push through all of the anxiety and the fear. And I have to give a shout out to my um, my team. And when I say my team, just all of my, my friends who prayed for me, rallied behind me, believed in me more than I believed my, in myself, which allowed me to show up more confidently and gain confidence. There's too many people to name, but I love them all. And they all lended different things. So use your community and if you feel like people around you aren't supporting you, 
change who's around you. And that's okay because you should have people who are lifting you up. They should still challenge you. Not every idea is going to be perfect. They should want to be there to make it better and help you figure out how to do that. But find people who are going to support you and, and help you do the best that you can. That resonates so much with how Sally and I got started with, you know, launching our podcast this year and just wanting to have a space to put our voices out there with a lot of the things that are going out in the world, but also in media and just having that POC voice and having a great community around us to spread this word and get this podcast out there and going. I was just going to make a proposal that I believe if Dupe ever moves to Salt Lake City, she 100% needs to replace Mary because Dupe took us to church like actually took us to church versus whatever the hell Mary was doing with doing the too much because honestly yes we are obsessed with housewives and you would be a great addition um to I would support where, it. where do you reside I live in DC I would not mind joining the Potomac cast I don't know yes we gotta get rid of Candace before Candace goes, we got to get rid of Robin and we definitely got to get rid of Giselle. So you can definitely replace three ladies that are there are right yes. now. Yes. Everything that you just said about taking a break, making sure that you are surrounding yourself with positive people. Um, yes. Honestly, that is number one. Like everyone needs to take stock of who it is around you because mm. you are as smart as the people that you keep closest around you. So if you got some dummy negative Nancy always trying to bring the party down, guess what? That's going to be a statistically irrelevant factor that you just have to remove. You got to get rid of the outliers. Yeah. You got to say bye girl. Yeah. And you <laughs> know what? Sally and I definitely took off about a month and a half, two months. And it was great. And yeah. took a break in between and we just premiered, came back with season two this month. And you talked about taking time off in August. And I know you did a little trip in DR. Mm -hmm. So while you're out here running the world and being the boss that you are, what else do you do to find that work-life balance? You know, yeah. trips, relax. Yeah. What else you got? Going How on? do you self-care? How do I self-care? Um, I'm a huge traveler. So I'll tell you this pandemic has been really, really hard. Because girl, same. I feel you and yeah. Treva must be itching because honestly, I think y'all travel like the most of all the people that I know in my life. I didn't think that I knew anyone who traveled more than Tree until I met Dupe. Yes, I okay, that's, like that's good because I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need to ask you, you know, some other places that I haven't been because clearly you you've been to my place. Me, so I was about to say, Tree, you might girl. be my new travel partner. Like I'm always down for a quick trip, and like oh, I love it, that. It was always my bad day at work. I was just telling my mom this actually. I was like, oh, so like my manager irked my nerves or pissed me off. I was up like, okay, cool. Where am I going to next? What country am I going to? So the pandemic yes. has been really, really hard. I've had to kind of shift my version of travel. And I've tried to do a lot more locally in DC. Since I spent so much of the time that I lived here in other cities, I've tried to enjoy that more. Other self-care that I've gotten really, really good at um, working out is big for me. It's so funny because I took a month off from working out. I still found myself needing to take walks and do other things because I realized the mental break and mental just like peace that I, I found during Absolutely. that. And then I think the other ways that I practice self-care is truly I'm a huge massage person too. So I try and at least quarterly make sure that I'm getting a good massage in. I don't know if this is a good self-care thing, but wine. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate 
for a glass of wine. What do you mean um, you don't know? Girl, that's your self-care. <laughs> exactly. Did you forget what podcast you write? You, you write. I support a glass of wine and then time with your friends. Like, I know that sounds crazy as self-care because it's about you. But if there's one thing this pandemic taught me and I had taken for granted when I was consulting was like, your friends can rejuvenate your spirit, your mind and all of that. So a mix of all of those have got me through this pandemic, got me through low points. Everyone find your combination. And I'm going to say this, as people of color, we need to do it more and we need to realize it's okay to practice self-care. And the one I've gotten out of, but I'm working to get back in is therapy. And I know this is becoming a bigger conversation and I want to make sure we talk about it here. Therapy, find you a therapist. I don't care how well you think your life is now or whatever, find you someone to talk to in whatever form works for you. I believe therapy is such a good way to check in with yourself and it can look like a life coach. It can look like a, a, you know, just a regular therapist, but find somebody to have conversations with, to do the healing and the work on yourself that you just, you know, may not always have the time for. Girl, 100%. Because you have to treat your body the way that you would treat Mm -hmm. anything else. If you own a home, if you have a car, you're not just going to let it sit and rot. Like You're going to take care of it. A car needs maintenance. You have to change the oil every X amount of miles or every uh, X amount of months. If you have a house, you need to make sure that the pipes are in order. You have to make sure that your furnace is working. Like little things that all add up that if you don't take care of them in the long run, you're going to be left with a whole lot of nothing. And Mm -hmm. the mind... Your mental health is mental wealth and being able to understand that we can't do it alone and that professional help does not have to have that stigma that predominantly in the POC community we've attached to therapy and looking at it as more of a tool of self-care and not Mm -hmm. uh, there must be something wrong with you. Why are you going to therapy? I'm, I love that you said that because I started seeing a therapist not long after uh, a relationship that went very sour. But it also helped me realize all of the different aspects of, no, girl, it's not entirely that person's fault. You were doing a lot. You were not communicating effectively. And you need that third person perspective to sit you down and realize what are the points that you can improve because no one is perfect, only Jesus. And I haven't found mm-hmm. him yet, clearly, because... We still out here doing the things. No, you have. You you have found it. It's just, you know, we're not perfect. And I think what you said is really good is there's a recognition on I can do, I can always improve myself. But also recognizing that that doesn't mean you're not a good person. And that doesn't mean you haven't already done work to become the version of yourself that you are today, which is also really good. But you know what, even if everything seems fine, even if everything is fine, it is still okay to seek therapy Mm -hmm. and talk to someone. It might just be that great balance that you need to keep everything on that good level, you know? Because even if we feel like things are going great, it could just be that we are masking some underlying deep-rooted issue that we haven't actually acknowledged. So what we Mm -hmm. think is our great is actually just us going through the motions without really addressing or attacking the real issues that could become something much larger later on. And it will even help for you to find that partner, you know, bringing it back to black social, right? So for dating and networking and events, it'll help you be a better person to find who you're looking for or what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, are there any other future plans that you want to let the be your own people audience know about? 
Yes. Like I said, parts two and three of Black Social will be launching in late October, November. We're going to launch them at the same time. That's, again, the part where you'll be able to do networking. So if you have a, a business idea or you're a professional who's an entrepreneur and you have a skill, you'll be able to match with each other so that you guys can do some dope work in the community. And the second one is being able to find Black-owned businesses and events. Um, that one's called It's a Vibe. The other one we call Network and Chill. So those will be coming at the end of October, early November. I would love to be able to plan a, a true launch event. We're going to see how this pandemic goes. And of course, as I always say, like whatever you're looking to see or how to see our community grow, please always reach out to us um, at Black Social because we're here to serve just like this podcast. And you know, we want to have a good time with everyone. I love that. Here to serve. And I love that name. It's a vibe. Yes. It's always a vibe when you have POCs in the building. Yes. But yes. where are most of these events that will be happening? Such a good question. So I'm based in DC. So of course I would start here, but I'm going to try and choose larger markets. So New York City would be another one I would do it in and Houston. What I'll say is the app is open to everyone in the US. So you'll be able to find events everywhere. And if you are a business owner or event planner, you will be able to add your events easily because the more events we have out there, the more people all around the U.S. can find them. And then our launch events, I'll just try and plan a few big cities, ones that are safe and, and I can do take care with you know everything we're doing with COVID. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Um, and if there is a city that you would like us to do an event in, please definitely hit us up. Oh, girl, I'm on the app. I'm checking all the things and trying to see all the stuff that I can do. Yes. Thank you. That is good. And you know, any of the events in your area in D.C., just make sure you don't have them Potomac Housewives we talked about. Okay. I'll make sure I need to come up where y'all are. Well, I know you guys are both in different parts of New York, but we'll make sure that we do an event where we can all come together. This is an adult podcast when you really need something like this. I'm so excited to be on season two kudos to y'all very first guest so thank you the claps the claps and the flowers are going to so thank you yeah hey this has yeah. been wonderful and lastly once again please let everybody know where they can find you on the social yes our black social app on instagram so just black social app all one please check us out follow us interact with us tell your friends tell everyone you know um, we have something for everyone. So even if you're not just looking for dating, we have networks, we have events, you can do us all there, do it all on the app. And then lastly, my personal Instagram handle is Hey Dupay. So H-E-Y-D-P-E. I look forward to connecting with all of y'all on social. I guess I will say I am single. So, you know, just throwing that out there too. Thank y'all so much for this platform. We really appreciate it. All right, all right. Absolutely. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I can't wait to see this. It be on people who take care of you, who help make sure that you do the best. So I'm excited to be a part of this. Yes, Dupe understood the assignment. It be your own people in the positive way. Yes. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.